today on the podcast, I catch up with Amy Beck-Turner, a Bowdoin friend currently living in Viterbo, Italy. Amy gives us a slice of life in Italy, life abroad, living la dolce vita. Amy Beck-Turner on the Steve Graves podcast. Hello, friend. I'm here with my best friend from college, from part of the time at least, Amy Beck-Turner. Hello, Amy. How are you doing? I'm good, Steve. How are you? I'm doing great. And the, the twist today is you're, you're, you're in Italy right now, Viterbo, Italy. I okay? am. Yes. And, and we promised uh, the listeners like a variety of topics here. Um, but, you know, eight out of 10 shows have been like me rapping with my music friends. Mm-hmm. We had a cooking one and we had a parenting one. And uh, no pressure, but you're going to be the travel, the travel episode, because you live abroad, which I think is interesting. But let's catch them up on how we know each other and who you are. And, um, you know, get our get our listeners to invest a little bit in this. So we know each other from Bowdoin College, small college in Brunswick, Maine. Uh, You may be surprised that people in the Midwest don't know where that is or don't know what that is. But um, we know we were best friends from 87 to about 89, I would say, a year and a half of being best friends. And then, you know, not so much friends for a semester. You studied away, is that true, junior year? Yeah, I did a semester in Rome. Okay, so fall of 1989. Yeah. And I thought you were just avoiding me, so that's good. I had to fly across the Atlantic for three months. Small campus, you know, you run into people, small campus. I'm like, geez, I haven't seen I don't I don't want you in my dorm. I don't want you on this side of campus. I know. <laughs> I don't want you in Maine. You never know. But I was sort of holed up in the fraternity house 89 to 90. Um, I did that. You know, that's the that's the pattern when you're a junior. I became you were gone in Italy studying and bettering yourself, and I became president of the fraternity that year. You know, you, you study classics and the Greeks and, and here I am, you know, just like promoting Greek life. On Greek life. <laughs> and then I remember sort of we were, you know, cordial and nice to each other again. I've always enjoyed seeing you. I think we saw each other at our 25 year reunion. Yes. Briefly. Yes, I remember you that. You seemed very tall. What's that? You seemed very tall. Hmm. I, I don't think I grew any taller. I must have shrunk. I'm made of, yeah, I'm, I am. My son is my height now 15 years old yeah so there it is so you were a classics major yes what's that like um it's very nichey it's very nerdy uh everyone you ask why did you become a classics major it's usually oh because i had such a wonderful latin teacher in high school yes and of course i had a wonderful latin teacher in high school plus i had no idea what i wanted to do and i'm like well i know i can do this and i can do it pretty well and it's it's interesting to me so i guess i'll i'll do it that's that's why we go to the liberal arts school so we can do things like that you know i'm a (laughs) i'm a music person you know it's not like i'm a mba business law pre-law poli sci all the people at bowden are poli sci right government government major yeah it's yeah. it's a little there. I, I look at it. They they they're a little more science heavy now than they've been when we okay. were at school. They built a science building, but you're right. It was gov gov, not even government. They can only say one gov. syllable. They can only say one syllable. Most of these people <laughs> gov. Anyway, so you had a good Latin teacher in high yeah. school, and that was in Connecticut. Am I right? Yeah, at a very mediocre 
public high school in a mill town in Connecticut. Mm, excellent, excellent. And I believe it was in the corner. Danielson, Connecticut, was that the eastern corner, northeastern? Yeah, northeast. Right. New York, so pretty... Providence, and Boston, then to New York. Yeah, yeah. And one thing about, you know, so when I came to Bowdoin and before we became best friends, I had never been off of Long Island or upstate. So I, I remember when I'm trying to think back, I'm, I'm just like, I think you, you, you introduced me to the New England lifestyle that I never knew existed. Because I, I, I mean, I'm Catholic. I grew up Catholic. Yep. I moved to, moved to Maine and I never, I didn't even know what a Protestant was, a Congregationalist. Why is there, a, I mean, I had no idea what this culture was. They're all um, devil worshippers. What's that? They're all devil worshippers. Apparently, or, or I'm a statue worshiper, you know, um, and, you know, my roommates go or my quad mates had gone to these private schools and over this and, and Exeter that I'm like, what are you talking about? I think there was one private school in Bronx science and one on Long Island. And it's just a different world to me. But I remember we went, we went to Boston. I remember we went to Cape Cod. I remember we went to Providence. I don't know why you, you like to go to all these places. And I'm like, sure, let's go, you know, so I appreciate that that part of our uh, early best friendship of, uh, you know, seeing, seeing all of New England and seeing the big cities and stuff. I, I, thank you. Thanks for that. I learned how to drive going to your house, by the way, stick shift. Remember that? Yep. 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 Yeah. And we were just like, horizon. Yes. <laughs> we were stalling on the mass trans- on, on the toll booth. I remember stop, started again. I'd never, I, I mean, I'd learned by the end, but I don't, that must, oh boy. Anyway. So you were a uh, Latin, a Latin lover in high school, became a classics major. Okay, so you banged out your classics degree in, mm-hmm. at, at Bowdoin College. Did you minor in anything? Um, South Asian studies. <laughs> <laughs> highly, highly useful. <laughs> None of this is useful. I'm a, again, I'm a music major and a religion minor. Thank you very right. much. You know, I did the one, one, one religion class a semester. Right, <laughs> this is hilarious. None of this is useful. None of this is useful. It, immediately, we'll find out how useful is it now. Who's the, who's the, I think you'll be laughing at the end of this. Um, and then post Bowdoin, you, you did what? Post Bowdoin, I got married. And then I went to Duke because I thought I wanted a PhD in classics. Yeah, of course. I did not want a PhD in oh, classics. Oh, oh, my bad. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just, it was a good program. Yeah. The, teacher, the professors were great. I just was sick of school. Sure. I didn't want to do any more school. Mm. So one semester in, that was enough. Okay. And yeah, then began my four to five years of really bad jobs, most mm. of which involved excrement in some form. <laughs> like a human or, or, or animal? Primarily human. <laughs> This is like things I didn't know already. We're just like five minutes in and there are three things I'd never knew about you. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. All right. But then, you know, I'm working with then that all the time. Up. What's that? Then things looked up. Okay, good, good. So moved around a lot. Two years in North Carolina, a year in Oberlin, Ohio. Yes. And another year in Tennessee in Nashville. Mm. And then... Concord, New Hampshire. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. And then that's what? where things started happening. Okay, that sounds like a Bowdoin graduate now because it's like Portland, Boston, Providence, mm-hmm. New York. You know, some of them venture to Washington D.C. Really out of the way. <laughs> I know, but most of them stay. You know, 
Bowdoin adjacent. Okay, Concord, New Hampshire, were you teaching there? So I, I was able to, because the first candidate who was offered the job teaching didn't take it. <laughs> so hmm. I was I was offered a job teaching uh, Latin at a private day school in Manchester. Yes, okay. And it was nice, it was good. It was a good way to get into teaching. It, it you know, I was horrendous because I was a new teacher, had no training or anything, but they were very, very nice to me, and I got some experience, and I, I improved. That's so, good. That's good. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. And how long did you do that for? Three, three years there, and then we moved to Greenwich, Connecticut. There you go. Yep. Ugh. I did oh. not fit in in Greenwich. Hmm. I was bringing it down big time. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. Everyone there is just lovely and, you know, we, we actually were able to afford rent on a house because it was next to the dump. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I've been to your home or your parents' home in Danielson, Connecticut, and that's nothing like Greenwich, Connecticut. So. No, no, no it's, it's the, the, the two country. different Connecticut's. It was the country. Danielson yep. is, is the Appalachia of Connecticut. <laughs> yes, indeed. Okay. Okay. So I, I, go ahead. No, I was new and I didn't know anything about any of these places. So I was like, oh, it just looks like the country. This looks like upstate to me. So. They call it the quiet corner to make it sound so that they don't have to call it like the meth corner. Oh. <laughs> yeah. My friend, Eric Rice, I don't know if you remember him. He, he teaches him. at UConn. He teaches, yeah. I think he's a head of the music department there now. But, he, you know, UConn is in stores. Yeah. But he lives in Hamden or Hampton or something Hampton. like that. Hampton. So, something like that tea, small think, yes. but it's small and it's i think it's in that little northeast corner now. yes it is oh yeah it's, okay because I, I, nice. I it's very rural i don't even think they have like a store <laughs> no i i saw his house and we went somewhere to a, you know i remember it was it, it reminded me of that i might have saw a sign for danielson at one point on the way to visit him and i'm like oh okay i've been there vaguely 30 years ago all right so we're teaching we're down in greenwich yeah. connecticut with the Best and the brightest. And that was that was nice and also got to teach some other subjects which was interesting okay all right and uh there for about four years and then uh up to springfield massachusetts mm, okay where yeah. i got my first public school job there you go okay but then i knew i had to get a master's degree uh-huh in latin and yes. luckily umass amherst had an mat in latin oh excellent Excellent. So that was that was very lucky. I was able to teach while getting the master's and uh, stayed there for what eight or nine years in East Longmeadow. Mm, cool. And then Italy called. Okay, let's 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 work with that for a second. And before we do though, um, I had a couple Mainers on the show. You're my first Bowden uh, connection on the show, but a, a friend of mine from the University of Maine and my priest here, who I think was born in Maine or moved to Maine, um, you you're, you have a pretty flat accent still. I don't, I yeah. don't hear the, hi there, how you doing? No. Well, <laughs> you don't no. do that. You don't do that in Northern Connecticut. Hi there, good. You're North of Hartford now, whatever. Oh, yeah. I speak the accent, but my brother and one of my sisters has it. Yeah, so. oh, okay. And funny thing is, they're the ones who didn't go away. Oh, hmm. Hmm. yeah. I I really adopted the soul. I, I, I live, I've lived in the Midwest for my entire life, 20, 20, Oh, three, 17 years, but I got the soul. Tell me the next part of the story, yo. You know, I got the little Norwegian thing going when I don't think about it. So, because I know I put on the accent. Oh, yeah. Where did Long yeah. Island go? Where did what? Long Island? Long Island go. 
they, they got they they pounded it out of me eric rice actually takes credit for pounding that out of me because i can like hey what are you doing what's going on let's just go potty where's the beer tonight um it's pre- actually pretty close but let's let's not get caught up in that yeah. all right so you're a teacher and now now you're moved to italy yeah, um, a school in Italy. It sounds exciting. Been, it sounds really exciting. It, it is exciting. Um, I'd always, I'd always sort of wanted to live abroad, but I didn't know, you know, how do we make this happen? You know, I'm not in the State Department and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but strangely enough, a particular school in Italy that caters to American juniors and seniors in high school traditionally hired an American Latin teacher to teach classics mm. in school. Yeah. And they also always hire an American math teacher and an American English teacher mm. so that the students can stay up on their traditional American subjects while also being immersed in Italy. Yes, yeah. sounds, so sounds, sounds, sounds good. The planets aligned and my husband was hired for the math position, even though he's a physicist, because really they're the same thing. And um, I was hired as the Latin teacher. Wow. And yeah, we got to come and, and live in Viterbo, Italy. Viterbo. Now tell us, uh, we don't have our maps out. Tell us where that is. Okay. If you picture Italy as the boot and yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Rome is kind of smack dab in the middle, but if you're looking at the map, it's, so it's nor- equidistance north to south, Rome is in the middle, but it's, it's almost on the western West coast, coast yep. of Italy. Um, it's actually not on the Mediterranean Sea, um, but it's 13 miles from it. Okay. And Viterbo is, well, depending on your mode of transportation, the world's slowest train, which we are lucky enough to have, it takes us there, or a car, it's about, um, I don't know, 70 miles due-ish north, a little bit inland of Rome. Okay. So yeah. if you're at all familiar with um, with the volcanic lakes in Italy, like you've heard of Lake Bracciano, where Tom Cat got married, mm-hmm. um, Katie. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a volcanic lake. Um, the castle that they got married in is on that volcanic crater lake. And we're about 30 miles north of that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and the region you're in? The region is lovely. Um, there's not tons of people in our province. The province is Viterbo as well. I think there's like 340,000 people in the province of Viterbo. Hmm. Um, and there you know tons of hot springs so you can just jump into hot springs and little little mountains and the mediterranean we we border on the the mediterranean so you can go to the beach uh lots and lots of olive trees Mm. it's also where nutella gets most of its hazelnuts Mm, that's a fun fact we have we have some nutella lovers in my house here what is the um if you had to say the defining regional food is it what is that Porchetta. it's a whole roast suckling piglet mm. yeah it's good <laughs> that sounds good that sounds yeah. good are you in lazio or tuscany we are yeah we're in the region of lazio lazio but we're 30 miles from tuscany 30 miles from umbria mm. Mm. So. okay so a lot doesn't sound like there's a lot going on there, but there are a few different. It's quiet. Yeah, it's it's quiet quiet. area. So when you're not working or um, 
currently furloughed from work, I, I assume, <laughs> due to COVID-19. It sounds like a, a, a whirlwind vacation every day. Is that true? was when we first arrived of course yeah now we're just we're sort of like normal people um yes. yeah we go to the grocery store we go to little markets we i try to get out in nature as much as possible uh we live within the historical center of the medieval walled city of viterbo so it's all gray stone buildings mm -hmm. very little green yes but I just went for a run walk today and within 20 minutes I'm in the countryside on dirt roads walking by people's olive groves and grape vineyards and so forth. Mm. So try to get out and do a lot of walking, hike our local hills, go sure. mushrooming. Yes, I saw that. You sent me a picture of that. Holding the world's largest mushroom. Yeah, the, the people don't do that in the United States. People don't go mushrooming. I mean, maybe... Yeah. Maybe some, but you don't hear about them. That's a thing, though. It's usually Russian, Eastern European, and American, um, Italian immigrants who go mushrooming in the U.S. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they do it at home, exactly. right? So it sounds, it sounds cool. It sounds. What's the, what's the most interesting or exciting or funny? Give it, give us a little story here. We're all okay. in our homes. Give, you know, you want to escape right now. You want to escape okay. to a magic world. Like, what was that book? There's something about she lived in Tuscany. Oh, under the Tuscan sun. <laughs> yes. Yes. Under the Tuscan sun. Well, um, workmen in Italy are wonderful. Yes. Um, I bought a little mon monolocale, they call it a little studio apartment in the town five kilometers from us. Because mm -hmm. I always want to have a place to come back to. Um, we are provided housing by oh, our yeah. employer. Gotcha. Um, so just found a great deal and got it and did a few little things like uh, made sure that we weren't going to fry ourselves on the electrical and things like that. Right. right important. And these, these guys come in and they're like cutting through solid stone that the walls are two feet thick and they're, they're just amazing. These guys. And then you ask for the bill and it's like 30 bucks. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people hear it's thirty bucks to look at something. You know, exactly. come over and look at it, and then you get this bill for ninety dollars. So I want to—I've been to Italy a few times, mm -hmm. um, and again, I can't remember who we met in our families when when we were best friends. Um, my mother's side is Italian, Missiano. Mm -hmm. My grandpa, Grandpa Joe—I forgot when he died. Grandpa Joe, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, he would. I think he died in '94. So yeah, you might have met Joe, um, olive-skinned. You know, he was, he came over in utero. He was born, <laughs> here, but, but he was in, in, you know, came over on the boat in right. utero. Um, so, and you know, the music thing, we, we toured Italy. I did this program in Sartiano, which is, uh, Where's that? Sartiano is, it was very close to Siena and Florence. Right. And I mean, we got to Rome too, as, as a side trip. It didn't, it seemed to be close to gateway to a lot of different places, yeah. a little, a little tiny, tiny town as you described. So I'm a, I'm a smart ass. I just want to say how the Italians kind of trolled me. In here at Starbucks or at a coffee shop, you get a doppio espresso and that's a double espresso. Yeah. And in Italy it's two. It, <laughs> so I got two cups and they all laughed at me. 
and I, I, I mean, I drank both of them. I would, I just wanted the espresso. I'm, I'm not fooling around with milk. Okay. I just like dopio espresso. And they gave me two little cups and I'm drinking my two little cups and they're all laughing at me. Cause I, you know, I try to go to the local places. We're at this program and there's a place where all the Americans go and I'm walking across the street to the guys in the hats, reading the newspapers and smoking the cigarettes outside. Yeah. It's like, that's where I want to go. Uh, and uh, I found out what a cafe Coretto was. There. Oh, those are very, very useful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a corrector. I'm, some people don't speak Italian here. And it's espresso or coffee with grappa in it. And it used to warm you up. And mm -hmm. I'm like, what is it correct? And I'm like, well, what's wrong with you? Whatever's wrong with you. <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, that was fun. I like the way the bars and the coffee shops were the same. Um, From seven in the morning till four or five in the afternoon. It's primarily coffee drinks. Yeah. Um, but you can always get a white wine or a Prosecco at 10. You often see workmen going in and having a white wine at 10 in the morning. But then evening comes around and suddenly the Aperol spritzes and the beers and so forth come out and it's a little party. Right, right. And I think I think I earned their respect because after they trolled me with the two espressos the day before, I came I came back, you know, I mean, I Ooh, didn't, I didn't go... Scared. No, I didn't go across the street to the American place. And I was like, okay, is that all you got? <laughs> Give me one of those corretos, you know? And this is the summertime and I was just hot all day. It, hot. it, it, it raised my, that, that's a wintertime drink. But they're like, oh, try this grappa. And I'm like, oh, okay, grappa and this, grappa and that. Grappas can be rough. You have to, you have to have the, I'm, I'm a, I'm a pretty traditional person. Like give me the martini give me the unflavored drink, but you need to, you need to flavor that. And you, I need the pear grappa or the quince mm -hmm. grappa or something like that. You know, it's turpentine. Otherwise it's, what is it really? It's the, uh, fermented, they crush the grapes, make the wine out of it. And then they can. And then the leftovers are turned into grappa. Yeah. That's yeah. really the Italian way in, in everything. You know, they use all the food. They don't, they don't waste. There, no. There's no waste. They use, they use every part of the animal. They use every part of the grape. Okay, let's see. So how long have you been there? In um, well, our first go around was two years and we returned to the U.S. in 2013 and stuck around for five years and then decided we'd had enough and mm -hmm. came back and this is the beginning of our third year. <clears throat> Right. So I know a few people now that have are living abroad and for various reasons, work, um, they retire, um, somebody, you know, did, they do not like the political climate of the United States and they found really? it. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, no someone, right. <laughs> I'm surprised, um, why that would be so extreme to, you know, move, move, move to somewhere else. No, I'm not surprised, but I mean, that crops up more, more frequently. It happened when I, you know, I meet people and I, I'm from New York and they ask me all these questions. Like I go to a Broadway show every night, right? Or when I, but when I, I got a job in Chicago, I, I, a two a two year gig, um, I knew it wasn't gonna be forever. So we said, we're gonna do everything we possibly could do. Mm -hmm. uh, give us a, give us a typical day. How about not a typical day? Give us an exciting day in the, in, in okay. the, um, here we go. An exciting day, I guess. It could be the day that we decide we're going to, it's time to pick the grapes. So we uh, walk to the local vineyard and we pick the grapes and throw them in giant garbage pails. Yeah. Um, and it, they're these beautiful, um, we're picking for red wine. Um, so we're picking uh, Merlot or Cabernet. And then those go in the back of a van. We hoof it back to the city and we go down to our, um, our little sort of city hut. It's kind of cruddy stone <laughs> hut. 
Um, and we um, throw the grapes into this crusher thing and you have to turn the handle to get sort of the stem, you pull, pick the stems out and you crush up the grapes. And um, then you transfer them into a big um, stainless steel vat and you toss in the yeast and you let it start making wine. <laughs> um, that's a pretty exciting day to make wine. That is, that sounds fun. Yeah. Are you or you go and you get yourself a pig haunch and you start making prosciutto. Mm, that's a multi-day that. process. Yeah, yeah. It's all in, it, everything in Italy revolves around preparing food and eating. Yes, indeed. That, that, yes. That, 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 that tracks with me, even with my Italian-American background. Yeah, because I mean, that when you say you go and get a pig haunch, it's not fresh. I mean, they, they let those hang for months. Well, you get it fresh and then oh, you yeah. put it in a bin and you put rock salt on it. Mm, okay. For a few weeks. And it helps drain a lot of the juices out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yum. Yeah, no, yeah. And then you wash that off with white wine. Uh-huh. Okay. And then you make a really nice paste of lard. Lard. And flour yeah. Yeah. and white pepper. Mm. And you just pack it all around with this paste. Yeah. And then you hang it somewhere cold, coolish and dark. Yeah. And um, if the rats don't get to it, in a few months, you have a prosciutto. Yeah, yeah. And this yeah. is basically curing. We're curing that. Yeah. We're not, we're yeah. not, you know, cooking it, curing it, dry curing or wet curing. There are different types of that. Yeah. See, that sounds exciting. And also, we, get a, we do a lot of olive picking and pressing our own olives. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. We go into Rome, take the train into Rome, yes. which is wonderful. Yeah. Because uh, especially right after... Lazio opened up to the provinces that make up Lazio. Once inter-regional travel was allowed, I went into Rome and I was in the Vatican museums. I was in the Sistine Chapel and I was in St. Peter's and there was no one else in there. Right, right. That's, that's that was awesome. amazing. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can just go. We went on choir tour in 2000, which was a jubilee year. Oh dear. So you couldn't even go to the entire Sistine Chapel. You go see the roof and uh, or the ceiling and they 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 had very, you know, strict you going one direction, don't 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 lollygag, you know, just no, no And then I went back after this program. I mean, I did this this choir program in Sartiano and I went back to Rome and it was similar. It's hot, you know, all these choral programs are in like don't July. Don't go in the summer, I know, but you got to go in the summer. I know, but it was yeah. less crowded and and um, it was fun. So it sounds a little bit normal, your normal everyday life. You know, you, you cook food. I, I'm sorry, we didn't ask this in the beginning. Are you fluent in Italian? Fluent's a big word. Um, <laughs> I am, I can live my life perfectly well with the Italian I have. Yeah. Um, I can even talk about some sort of deepish topics. Oh. I have friends, we speak Italian, um, but I'm too lazy to become fluent. Oh, gotcha. you. I just, I don't want to study the grammar. I figure three or four tenses is enough. Yeah. I'm good. I don't need all the tenses. Yeah. Um, so you, you speaking? Know, maybe Does I'll, he... I'll get a, a bug in me to study more, but I'm happy where I am. Yeah, that's okay. So yeah. do, you, do you use your, you know, not so great Italian or do you speak English where you are? Do people well, use when English? I'm around... Americans, I speak English. Okay. And when I'm around Italians, 
depends on the Italian. Um, if I'm in Rome, people want to use their English because they are they are used to tourists. Yeah. But surprisingly, um, language teaching in Italy is a little, I would say, behind the times. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of Viterbese, you know, they've studied English in school, but they just know how to do grammar exercises because they've never really spoken with anyone. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I always um, wanted to go to Calabria. My, my family's from Calabria, mm-hmm. um, Casabona, the other side, um, the Eastern side. Actually we did a, uh, you know, ancestry DNA thing. And um, I, I think you're I'm Eastern not, European, aren't you? a little yeah. bit, but the Italian side wasn't really Italian. They were Balkan. We were like Serbian. Well, they came over. The the Turks came in and the Christians left. Catholics went away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that wasn't very surprising. And, you know, that's in like 1200 or 1100 that that happened. So I still consider myself Italian, even though I'm Balkan. Yeah, but I wanted to go to Calabria and see Casabona, where my grandfather was from. And um, everyone in the family is like, oh, there's no way you can go down there by yourself. Because you go to Rome or you go to Naples and then you have to get a bus or something. The transportation and, down there is tricky. Right. And if you don't know Italian, there are no Americans there because no, no. one comes to visit Casabona. Um, anyway, great. It's, it sounds kind of exciting. You go to the little festivals where they're like race oh, gosh, have Tons of festivals. Yeah. But unfortunately, because of COVID, they're all kind of put on hiatus. No. Um, our fair city of Viterbo has an amazing festival to celebrate their Saint Santa Rosa, yes. Saint Rose, not of Lima, Santa Rosa of Viterbo. Um, and uh, her mummy is in the local, one of the local churches. Yes, yes. Um, she's very small and very brown, um, <laughs> <laughs> very wrinkly. And she was born without a breastbone. Oh, they they x-rayed her, which is probably oh. why she croaked at 18. Yes, yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But anyway, they carry um, a group of 90 um, very large men carry a giant flaming tower through the city on the eve of her uh, celebration. It's mm. uh, 30 meters tall and weighs lots and lots of tons. Wow. wow. Yeah. But, oh, a funny story. Yeah, here we go. So when I was buying my little house up in Banyaya, um, had to go to the notayo. The notayo is translated as notary, but it's nothing like a notary in the U.S. A notary is like essentially a lawyer um, who does, as far as I can tell, mostly property transactions. Yeah. And they have to um, search your deed really carefully to make sure, because these places, the place I bought was built in like 1400. Hmm. So someone could have a lien on it, some, or you could owe a tiny amount of whatever to some ancient aristocratic family that it's, it's somehow in your deed that you owe them, you know, one fifth of your olive harvest that they never would come for, but you, you know, should know that's in your deed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we're, you know, signing the papers, signing as you do, sign, sign, sign. And he takes a look at my, my name and he says, that's, that's not your name. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's my name. I had to provide all this uh, information ahead of time. So I had to provide him with my passport, mm-hmm. photo of my passport and my birth certificate and my marriage certificate. Mm. Um, and my 
passport said Amy Beck Turner, but my birth certificate said Amy Elizabeth Beck. Mm. And in Italy, you as a married woman do not take your husband's last name. Mm, I didn't know that. You just go from signorina to signora. Mm. So you just go from Miss Beck to Mrs. Beck, which mm. would make me my mother. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, I'm arguing back and forth with this guy. Look, it's on my passport. It's odd. This is my name. That is not your name. So we just agreed to disagree. He said that was not my name. I said it was my name. <laughs> so, yeah. And carry on. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Very nice. Um, so these are sort of typical funny Italian things that happen. A lot of yeah. weird bureaucracy. Yes. Um, yeah. Your name is not your name. Right. Until you say it is. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. You were when when was the last time you were back here to the United States of America? Um, because I hadn't gone back uh, for two years, I decided I was going to travel during COVID. Mm. <laughs> so um, I took actually took the first flight available, the first flight that had left from Rome directly to Boston since March. I arrived in um, mid-July. Mm -hmm. it, it was the best experience ever. Yeah, nobody I highly that. recommend pandemic travel. Oh, is that right? The plane nope. was maybe 10% full. Wow. There was no one in the airport. Everything left early, got mm -hmm. in early. Wow. Boston was dead. Yeah. It was fabulous. I never <laughs> felt safer. So um, coming back to the U.S. was, it was lovely. I got to see my sisters who I hadn't seen in a while and some friends. I got to make sure, I got home and made sure my house was still standing and, and that was lovely. Um, but it was, it was, there was some culture shock. Yeah, yeah, well, I can imagine. I the, can imagine. Uh, the roads are, just seemed enormous. Yeah. The parking spaces were huge. Right. Uh, do you miss anything? Is there one thing? Say one thing you miss about the United States, or it could be an item. It could be a. Well, I miss bacon. Bacon. I'm in the pork capital of the world here. Viterbo yeah. is pork city, but they just don't make American style bacon. Oh, hmm. It's very sad. I'm thinking, you know, there's a niche for me. I think we should make bacon. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should make you're not big enough to have a place with American breakfast. You're not touristy enough there. No, we'd have to like yeah. export it to big cities or something. Right, because you go to but, um, you go to Rome and you go to the there are places that cater to tourists. American breakfast. I mean, it's all they say because we're because Americans are, don't want to have a biscuit and a espresso for breakfast. No. They want you know four eggs and bacon and some. Right. Heart, they want a heart attack on a plate. They do. They do. Um, yes, but <laughs> I can honestly say that is the only food that. I miss is actual true American style thick sliced smoked bacon. There you go. All right, Amy, this has been delightful. Okay. Thank you for sharing lovely your. Seeing you again. What's that? It was lovely seeing you again. Thank you. Likewise. Um, yeah. So just thank you for sharing a little per bit of perspective. I don't know on this one that we, we have any takeaways, but just a little half hour or so of escapism. I think we can, I think we can deal with that. Keep in touch. I shall. And if you get a piece of bacon in the mail, you know who came from. Okay. <laughs> oh, don't send anything to the mail. It's, it, it won't make it. <laughs> or they'll right. put a duty of like a thousand euros on it. That you pay or I pay? Oh, I pay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I won't, I, all right. I will not send you any bacon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Ciao.
thanks so much, Amy, for giving us a little escape, a little dreaming of a different type of life, the life you're leading in Viterbo, Italy. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This is Steve Greaves for the Steve Greaves Podcast. Thank you.